0: What up, Hyperchange? Today, you are about to enjoy an interview uh, I had with one of my favorite NFT artists, John Orion Young from Joy World. Um, I've never get starstruck for interviews. We've had a lot of amazing people on the channel, but I'm not gonna lie, I was like sort of starstruck for this interview. Um, Joy is like my favorite NFT artist. Been following for a little over a year. I got a bunch of his Joy toys. Um, I'm just fascinated by this space, by these new digital creators. And this episode is an amazing behind the scenes look at one of the most inspiring, awesome people in the NFT space. I kind of want to just make this intro to say like, this is an extreme, you know, everyone's buying NFTs. Everyone's buying this art. I'm not a financial advisor, not financial advice. I don't, I'm not trying to sell you to buy his NFTs. That's, you know, that's totally unrelated from us just talking to him about the art, the culture, and um, just this incredibly exciting, innovative, blossoming space um, that is non-fungible tokens and art on the digital universe and the metaverse. Um, I know my audio on the interview isn't perfect, which honestly is like, I, I like killing me and I hate myself for it. Um, but you live and learn. Anyway, we're going to make it better, but please enjoy this interview um, and make sure to be careful if you're playing in the world of NFTs because you're buying really digital rare art. This isn't like investing in a stock, so please keep that in mind. Um, and I, I don't know. I Yeah. So anyway, enjoy the interview. Huge shout out to Joy for this because this was one of uh, like, I don't know, one of the proudest things I've done on HyperChange is to have artists like this and be able to tell their story. So really hope y'all like it what up hyperchange welcome to another episode today we have an epic interview lined up i'm so stoked we have the nft digital artist creator um john orion young aka joy on the channel uh what up welcome to hyperchange
1: hey what up thank you so much for having me
0: on hyperchange i'm
1: um, excited to be here <laughs>
0: yeah th- dude i am so so pumped for this interview um so you're i i don't even know to start how would you even describe yourself are you a digital artist digital creator
1: yeah, I just kind of simply describe myself as an artist. Um, I've been making art for over 30 years. I, I grew up uh, like in an artist studio. My mom and dad are both artists. Um, so it's kind of just kind of evolved into what it is. Um, I like I like have a little thing written down that I like to look at all the time that just says, like what is art anyways? So like Joys and Joy World kind of like verge on like games almost, but kind of not. Like it's always kind of just playing up against like you know, kind of trying to say like my piece in the in the art history where we're at. So, yeah, I just kind of consider myself an artist and um, trying to uh, speak and communicate with within the conversation of where we are now.
0: Yeah, it's your aesthetic is so cool and crazy. I almost the thing that I think of it most closely in the real world is like the Snap Spectacles vending machine. If like that (laughs) had like an acid
1: trip and like started making digital art.
0: Oh, you have those? Yeah,
1: Yeah. dude. Wait, check this out. (laughs) I, they don't have them in yellow so i paint i painted them
0: oh dude oh my god that <laughs> this is,
1: is so an old cool one from way back
0: when and you cuz i in the back you have that your glasses there which are also a joy toy
1: mm-hmm. um that you oh, yeah. the first
0: joy toy you launched and so is that modeled like off of your own can you just tell us what's up with that cuz i'm i'm so curious
1: yeah for sure i mean just like years ago i think i was going to go to the side doctor um and well I was like walking home I was living in Boulder Colorado at the time I was like walking home and it was like this weird part of town that wasn't fully developed I was living in North Boulder at the time and there was a guy who had like a, his music practice studio space and then he was an optometrist So just like the front area of it was glasses and stuff and I was walking by one day and I just saw these glasses I was just entranced by them and I was like I have to like get these. I just like went and hung out with that guy. And then he did like, he played some music and they did like the optometry stuff and like set it up. So that's kind of like where the glasses, like I first like found my first pair of yellow glasses. I think this is like my third pair of yellow glasses. But um, for me, they're just very symbolic. Like I, re- I really like yellow because it's a very energizing color. Like each color for Joy World kind of has like a theme and an, and an idea behind it. Um, and for me, yellow is like the ultimate like energizing creative color. And then like i like the circles in the glasses because like my name has like four o's in it so i like in circles are like the best shape <laughs> so i don't know i got like i always think overthink things i guess <laughs> love it yeah your branding is just so on point um i can't escape myself <laughs> i just
0: everything i do
1: is just me <laughs> so
0: I mean, it's so cool to see how creative you are, but also uh, like digitally native and proficient. Like, that's one thing that I was like, wow, like this NFT stuff is so cutting edge. Like you operate your website, which is like an amazing sort of e-commerce store, but linked to the ETH blockchain. Um, it's so, so cool. So I'm curious, how did you go from like, you know, being an art? You said you were an artist for 30 years, I think, which is crazy. Yeah. NFTs haven't, Ethereum hasn't been around that long.
1: I don't even think Vitalik's 30 years old, dude. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm an old dude, kind so, of. So like, uh, how-,
0: how did you like find out about Ethereum and start getting into crypto?
1: Yeah. And when I say that, I think it's just cause like, I say like whenever I was a kid, basically my parents would, like prop me up and just like put clay in my hands and like work, like make things or like, they had a little battery powered, like, um, uh potter's wheel that like took C batteries that they'd like set me up with and I'd like make little pots all the time. So I've just always been like making things and making art. Um, And I, uh, yeah, the NFT journeys, it's it's kind of a crossover with the journey into virtual reality. And um, basically like when I was kind of in university and stuff and um, like really discovering painting and just, I got way heavy, heavy into like painting. And I, like, painted a lot of stuff like this, where it's just, like, huge painting stores, all kinds of stuff. I ended up making, like, thousands of paintings. And um, I had, like, an art gallery with my friends in the Santa Fe Art District in Denver, Colorado, and we called it the Capital F, Capital U Collective. And because Denver, like, Santa Fe was, like, very prestigious, like, like really great like uh you know oil painters and everything and then we were in the middle of it like 12 like crazy people and we were like building uh one year like the main artist he like built the who kind of started the whole thing uh eric isaac he built like this cardboard fort in the middle of it and then everybody was like just partying in this cardboard for it for like a month and when i was there i'd just be oh every month i'd be putting up these paintings i had like this like handheld credit card machine and like i was just trying to figure out i really like I really like and admire um, like Warhol's work uh, about like uh, commerce and like making and like kind of like how he just make all these additions that other people were making the art in the studio, and it was like very it was like kind of funny because he was really he would say like um, like the best art is like the art of making money or something like that it's like a Warhol quote, and I really like then from there that uh, Takashi Murakami was was building off of what Warhol's kind of was saying in the in the history of art. And that was kind of like, yeah, commerce is kind of funny. And then he like, he, you know, he mixed it into um, kind of like uh complex con culture and, and all those thing, kind of things. And Mirakami, you know, did a lot of that uh, stuff and he would be like selling pieces of bubble gum and the bubble gum is almost as cherished, you know as much as like the little sculpture he makes or maybe just makes a toy but then he maybe makes this giant million dollar painting and he, to him it's all art, it's all, you know, on this level. And so I've always like been very fascinated by those and and it kind of was this merging of wanting to just make more stuff, but kind of getting tired of just making stuff without like a, uh, having to then try and like sell it or store it and having all these things. And I really just wanted to make everything with nothing, but I've never really liked um, working in C4D or these like very just like, you know, two dimensional feeling 3D programs. And I was on YouTube and I saw somebody sculpting like a giant red spider. Uh, and they were, like, in the original Oculus, and they were, like, laid back in their chair at their desk, and they were just going like this. And the spider was just, like, forming before him, like, almost like a dream being, you know, materialized in front of him. And I was, like, I have to do that. I have to do that. And so I just kind of dropped everything and figured out how to build, like, a VR computer and got into Tilt Brush and I was making stuff in there. And when I was making stuff in Tilt Brush, I remember one day, Tilt Brush, you have to, like, be brushstroke by brushstroke, and you're painting, like, a 2D thing, like, brush strokes in three dimensions. And I remember one day like painting like grass, like on the side of this like hill, like a giant smiley head. And I was like, someday like people could like own this grass and like own like the whole world and kind of control it and like take it over. And about that same time, I had discovered like CryptoKitties. And I always felt like there was something very interesting in the idea of like um, actual digital ownership through like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And CryptoKitties made me like, oh, my God, it just like unlocked my brain because I was like, they've done it. They've like really unlocked and then like later discovered CryptoPunks and every you know everything else that there is like in this whole world that we're all building out here. But like, um, yeah, that really unlocked it for me that you can own uh, digital art, basically, and that sent me off into like playing uh, Ethgo. And like these weird games where people, they're hot potato games where people were like flipping Picassos and like all these like weird old paintings. And they those are trading for like thousands of dollars worth of Ethereum. And I was kind of playing in all these games. I ended up playing like hundreds or maybe thousands of games in this like process of just like every new day in the crypto gaming channel, like somebody would make a game and we'd all like jump in and play it um and that really inspired me to figure out how to how to build something around the art i was also making in vr because i really wanted still those two to merge where like i could build an infinite world where like people could own it and like control it but then um yeah i could just infinitely make things without like worry about like what's it for where does it go uh yeah so that's kind of i don't know it's it doesn't make any sense other than You know, I just try and have as much fun as possible and enjoy myself. And in some way, I think that'll inspire other people to do the same or try things that I have tried. So I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just having fun, I guess. (sighs) that
0: dude that's so cool and the the concept of like this sort of metaverse that we can live in and experience like we put so much emphasis in our real world lives and i think we're kind of underestimating how much time we spend in the digital universe even through the crappy little phone screen imagine if it's immersive like i think the attention of humanity is shifting towards these digital universes which is so cool and exciting like it's it's the kind of like the matrix it's like these vr worlds it's like uh I don't know. I feel like there's just so much like Neuralink. Uh, I'm kind of curious what you think about that. Like once we have Neuralink yeah. in our brain, are are we gonna want to be on Earth or enjoy world? You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and and so I'm so curious like what you think of how these metaverses evolve as the technology advances, and then how you've you're creating. Why I've been so attached to your art is because it's. I don't even know if it's a project or your all of your work is like this aesthetic, but it's a truly world. There's like a design aesthetic. There's a there's like a it's it's kind of one cohesive universe. You know, which I think is so cool.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, oh man, you just <laughs> popped a bunch of uh, things in my mind all at once. And I'm like trying to unlock, uh, like un- <laughs> unwrap them all. Um, yeah. Can you go back to the very first part you were asking? Neuralink and like metaverses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where yeah you that's we're where you really or or are.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. So what you said was absolutely true. We're spending so much of our time just in, in the little screen and that's kind of like we have this like shared imagination space um to me that kind of is the metaverse already like the internet is the metaverse we're already there um to me joy world is my verse inside of the like greater meta and the, and all of and you know I'm trying to kind of figure out how how to one like link that to all of the other verses so that your joys and joy toys are with you no matter where you're traveling um but also then how can we have a deeper experience in it both like through augmented reality and virtual reality um neuralink. And those ideas really really blow my mind open because uh like right now i I have put on this like headset you know and then i have these controllers and i'll go in and i sculpt in virtual reality and um can you show us the head yeah (laughs) so this is my oculus rift s and then i painted it so cool in the back (laughs) this is like the knob for adjusting it (laughs) my nieces glued those (laughs) eyes on it one day. I was like, yeah, that's rad. (laughs) Let's go with that. Um, So yeah, I actually took the facial interface. So somewhat augmented reality because I can like see around me. Um, This helps me like stay in for longer without getting sick, without getting dizzy. um, Cause I'm just sculpting. I'm not like running around needing to be totally immersed. Um, And then, yeah, I use these controllers. I had more cool painted controllers, but they finally gave out. And so I have these. And then basically... uh, Yeah, I go in there um, and, yeah, sculpt just like that. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, but with the Neuralink, what I really keep thinking is right now it's like you're going in there and you have game controllers and you have to have some kind of muscle memory of playing games or, or, you know, know how to use like a controller some ways because I've put a lot of people in like, here, sculpt something, you know, and it's not totally intuitive, but I really think with like Neuralink and the, uh, I forget what the bracelet was that Facebook bought, but... I really think we might go into a time where um, we actually all could sculpt our own like verses and versions of the joy world, which is thinking and dreaming about what we want. Um, so like I had said, that spider kind of just appeared. And like when I'm sculpting in virtual reality, a lot of times I get into a groove where it doesn't feel like I'm making anything. It just feels like I'm manifesting it or I'm just thinking and it's appearing. And so I just really think that like, eventually that control mechanism doesn't isn't really necessary. And we could just think and make with our brains. And then like, I think that's really gets interesting, because it's like a share, we can build like a shared dream verse, kind of experience <laughs> for everybody, where like, you can like go feel or see people's emotions, like visually, think could get really weird.
0: Yeah, it's it's so exciting and almost scary when you think about how like there's friction to creating all this stuff, and then that friction is just like about to fall off a cliff. And then it's like, man, yeah. if I could run as fast as my imagination is flying, like with with the things that you know you're drawing, it's like, oh my god, that's it seems like uh, just so much potential. So I'm curious about like the joy world itself. Like, can mm-hmm. you tell us about how had you that like kernel of an idea start and start kind of blossoming?
1: Yeah, definitely. It, it kind of did start in the in the early days of being in Tilt Brush and, and thinking about l- wanting to kind of um, not just because like when you make paintings, like I have some paintings that I'm making. And like when you make these like paintings, you're building like these kind of almost like a little window into a world. And that's why I kind of think like Dolly was trying to capture was building his own verse, or his own world. And you're like building it with the tools available with these paintings. And to me, I, I kind of felt like, wow, like almost each, most, each artwork is almost like a painting or a piece of a painting, like a piece of a bigger composition. And so to me, Joy World, like on the highest level, I think of Joy World like a painting. And uh, it's every piece and every element of the painting, all the main pieces and elements are owned by joy collectors. And uh, I kind of think of it as an evolving world over time. Right now, it's just simply joys and joy toys, but there'll be different layers. There'll be um, different elements and different things that come into this work over time. And I see it as like a long-term painting, you know, Mm -hmm. like imagine like 10,000 years from now, I hope it's like still alive and there's still people within joy world with their joys and toys, like evolving it by doing things and creating things and making things. Um, So yeah, right now, it's just a very, I like going really slow because for me, this is like forever. I've worked at a lot of different startups and different things, and like I never want to work that way again. I just want I kind of live like a cockroach and I don't do much or I just like eat very little and just very live very simply because like other than buying weird yellow stuff <laughs> because and tons of at these, because like I really just want to just keep doing this forever and make things and and over time just uh, keep improving each joy and each joy, joy toy so that the experience gets deeper um because like yeah it's kind of weird when you in the past art world we lived in you'd like sell a painting and then somebody'd have it and it's kind of gone but now we have the provenance we have the history we know we can like look up who the old collector was who did this like when um and I think there's so many layers still to be unlocked with like smart contracts and blockchains as like the infrastructure or like the base layer the kind of logic of the world um yeah so right now it's very simple like like a uh, first I had I had a disclosure on the website that just said you're just buying pngs on the internet like please have zero expectations because joy world is like within us joy worlds are you know shared imagination right now and then like as as they improve it as things get better I think it could become amazing but you know I'm like a human being so we're limited by that so we're limited by yeah that uh speed at which I can go and how do you come up with some of these,
0: the the characters, uh, like the animals are so unique. And that's what kind of drew me like, they're so fun and playful. Like you have this flamenco one that is so dope. And then it like pops open and has like these gold kind of like vertebrae, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Like just so kind of like quirky and creative. And uh, so what do you love animals or how do you kind of get the zero to one on like these crazy ideas for each of the joys?
1: Yeah, it's a very, very slow process. So I like to say that joys are made in the spirit of non-attachment and non-achievement. And in this way I can get the best results. And so um, when I'm making a joy, I'm never thinking like this joy is going to be like the most dope joy I've ever made, you know, and it's going to be flames and it's going to, you know, I never thought of like the flame go flamingo like that. It's going to have like one missing leg or, you know, it's never that kind of intention ever. It's like very slow process. So it's kind of like, Um, actually most stuff is just made I just go in in there and I start scribbling with clay essentially and pulling it and stretching it and there's there's you know tons and tons of sculptures I I actually just you know I have tons of I I fill up the folders to where medium can't even read the folders and so I just have tons of like work in progress 10 work in progress 11 and so um, I just go flip through those at different times and I'll just be like wow this one's really exciting to me and I'll grab it and I'll keep pushing that one a little bit further so Some things will be like collabs or commissions or different things I've done recently. And I'm always just like, I started to get to the point where I'm like, it'll be finished when it's finished. Because like if I try and say it's going to be amazing and I push it through, like this is going to be amazing. I don't know if you like drawn a picture or or painting, whenever you put all these expectations on it, it usually becomes like the worst like artwork you ever made. It's like it's going to be the most incredible and then it's the worst. Um So, yeah, I try and just make them as, like, carefully and slowly as possible. Like, I would love to, I, when they sell our things, you know, it'd be cool to just be able to put another one out and uh, satisfy, like, everybody. Like, I want another Joy. It's been a month since Franny came out, but, like, um I can't just rush it. I, I want it to be a really awesome, unique experience because... Each joy is one on one, and and each joy collector is a unique human being, you know, just like me. So I, I want every experience to be good and the exchanges to be good. I I don't want, yeah, I don't want to fomo people into joy world or freak people out to get into joy world. So I'm trying to like grow it slowly and carefully, and and just make it as fun for everyone as possible over time.
0: And what do you what do you kind of envision people to do with their joys and also kind of these digital works in general? That's what I'm so curious of. Is it like I want to get like a crazy sort of thick thing on my wall that's like a painting or it's like a picture a printout, but it's like 3D, so it moves kind of like the joy world as I walk around it, and then it has a QR code where I can scan it so people who walk by in my house can be like oh i can check it out on the blockchain if i want to see the real one or like how or is, am i just tripping by thinking we should even focus on irl for these digital things you know or how do you uh or is or is it a game in in like this metaverse that's going to be joy world and that's where we'll want to
1: have this thing to interact with or is it all of those like i'm kind of curious yeah you know i think it's most of those um, so like what I always tell joy collectors is, is that I'll never sell derivatives or versions of, of a joy. So I won't take Joybot and, and make a cool render of it and then like sell it on like foundation or wherever to like make some money. Um, and so in this way, like I have, I've kind of avoided moving to physical quite yet, um, with just the existing joys. Um, that's like kind of another. So I, I'm building different things still for joy world that are kind of like secretive or exciting. And, and one, uh, one element and avenue I'm traveling down is physical. Um, and it's going to be somewhat based off of my old hot potato contract. And then um, it'll be more like a joy, like almost like a joy in Gucci table, not like a joy like in from joy world type of thing. So it'll be like a more kind of our reality based type stuff. So I, I am exploring like going back to physical because I, I love making things. I love making objects. Uh, so, yeah, that's so that's got me so excited. So I'm like just seeing the vibe <laughs> of your studio. I'm like, wow, you could come up with some crazy uh, IRL stuff. This is my lamp. This is not high quality, though, I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> That won't be, though. That will just be for in here. That's just a a paper mache lamp I'm making for my office. (laughs) Wow.
0: And so. Uh, so right now you have the joys and the joy toys so for people who like haven't heard of you or don't know what that kind of is can you break down you mentioned the joys are like these one of one pieces and then i've yeah. actually got a bunch of the joy toys yeah because um, i think i honestly couldn't afford i wanted the joy and then i looked into it and i was like dude the cheapest one is like on OpenSea for like 80 something thousand like i just could it was just out of my budget and i was like it dang, got crazy like, it, it got crazy but like Um, I love the joy toys because I could actually get them and they were like kind of cool and collectible. Um, So yeah, so what's the kind of story behind each of those?
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess like the overall breakdown is like um, the bigger idea is joy world is a place in virtual space where everyone and everything is conspiring to make you feel joyful and creative. Um, The idea is to spread pro noia instead of paranoia. So pro noia is taking the feeling of feeling paranoid that nothing's working out for you. And just slightly turning it and saying, "Oh no, everything's working out for me," and so like I want joy World to like have that weird twisting feeling where it's almost like, "Oh no, everything's going to go really great." Um, and so within that uh, world and that that concept and idea are joys, and joys are beings from joy World. Each joy is a one-of-one one original, and um, it's traded on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, Joys. each joy has a magic power and the magic is something that you inherit by carrying the joy with you. And uh, so like each joy's mission kind of is to inspire you to feel joyful and creative. So they're like, by carrying it, you're kind of getting that magic. Um, I get great stories too from joy collectors, especially like Sat Man, really awesome stories about like having joys and then certain aspects of their like magic appearing in their life and like getting improvements. So I, I really love what Joys have done. And when I started this, when I built the first contract, it was like be- at the beginning when Super Rare was starting, every- we were all starting, right? And it was like, uh, it's like April, 2018. And um, I was meeting with a bunch of people in SF and almost everyone I m- ended up meeting with started a platform. It was like OpenSea, rare, like known origin. And like every single person I was pitching to them to just work on Joy World with me. And they were like, no, be an artist on our platform. And I was like, no, 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 like you come work on Joy World with me. So anyways, it was total madness, like trying to get people into it. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'll I'll take a bunch of Udemy courses and I'll figure out how to do this. And so, um, yeah, I took Udemy courses and the main one was Crypto Dogie and it was based on Crypto Kitty's contract, but it had a hot potato aspect and a hot potato contract was where if you were willing to pay more than someone else paid, you could steal something out of their wallet. Um, so essentially like you could steal someone's joy, if you paid more Ethereum than they paid for it. And, and so like, basically I would put up a joy for uh 0.001 F at the time was about a US, one US dollar. And, and then, uh, somebody could, somebody could steal that from the first person who, who bought it. And it was, it was done inside the contract. So the contract would essentially just, you would buy it. The contract would raise the price by a percentage um at first like 50 percent, and then it would kind of lower it once the price got too high and uh yeah so basically somebody would come in and steal that for like uh, 0.002 and somebody would steal it for 0.004 and every single perfect person would make a profit on ethereum who was early because what i really loved with this what i wanted to do is build a system that rewarded collectors for being early and being interested in something first um because it takes a lot i think to stick your neck out and, and your money out and to say, like, I like this, like I love this, I'm gonna buy it and publicly I'm gonna put it in this wallet, and everyone's gonna see, like, I like joy toys or I like joys or whatever. I feel like that's a big emotional like t- like thing to take on for a person. So um, yeah, I like the idea of also it like rewarded people for just being interested. And on that first contract, 82 joys ended up trading like a thousand four hundred and like 17 times or something. It was like crazy. I think it might be the most like a body of artworks just been traded because it was just like built. The trading was built in like as a mechanism in some ways. Um, But a lot of people said like getting your joy stolen was like getting your car keyed and then uh, the insurance paying more than like than it cost to repair the car. Um, (laughs) So I think Caleb said that and i love that but i like i was like wow this is so fun um but uh, a lot of people really wanted to own their joys and that's when i froze the contract uh berserk used his uh the dropping of his album of a single to uh freeze joy world and uh we migrated all the joys to an open sea contract like reissued them to everybody and then everybody raised the prices crazy high, <laughs> which i didn't anticipate and i was then i was like huh well Joy Worlds for everybody. So that's where I kind of go further into layers and like how can we build Joy Toys and then yeah there's there'll be layers to that um but yeah it's uh I want everybody everybody to be involved with Joy World on some level um not just on this current version but yeah wow. ideas <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I, I'm like thankful as well because I'm
0: like, I wouldn't have been able to get, but now I got the Joy toys. So I feel like I'm in the world. And yeah. uh, one of the really cool ones is the bubblegum thing. And it, when I saw there's this video on your YouTube, I major props to you, your YouTube channel. I feel like it's an undiscovered gem. I'll, I'll put a link below, but people can, that's what also drew me in like the worlds you see in these little videos you create with the mm-hmm. wildest songs ever. Like, just like, whoa, what is going on here? <laughs> Thanks. And then- I make those in my hot studio right here. <laughs> dude.
1: Okay. That is epic. Wow. <laughs> make them on my iPad. <laughs> dude. Drop Dropping okay. fire
0: beats. dude. Fire beats and uh <laughs> like and they're they're so joy worldly. So it makes sense that uh I love hearing when those kind of stories of like it's so like vertical integration, you know? Yeah, like you're doing yeah. all like that makes it that like such a unique fingerprint, you know? Yeah. Um okay, sure. so Thank the you. bubble gum. What how do yeah. I it, it goes, there's this video goes and then the bubble is like and so I'm like, okay, like am I gonna like be able to like like what, like what, you know what I mean? Like, is there like, is there a game where that's like a, an item or like, is this just like a,
1: a way to just kind of show you the crazy ideas of what that bubblegum is? Yeah. So like bubblegum Borg. Yeah. It's, it's a couple of different things. I love the, I love the way you describe both of them. Cause it is both those things. It's like, conceptually, it's like showing, um, kind of the birth of the bubblegum Borg bubblegum balls. Um, so basically, um, Bubblegum Borg Bubblegum is is a tool that it's like a communication device like a phone or anything like that but you chew on it and when you chew on it your brain locks in with all of the other collectors who own Bubblegum Borg Bubblegum and also with Bubblegum Borg. Um, So I do imagine I play with the ideas of like yeah as we build a virtual world like how how will you experience it Um, and that's kind of that video is kind of to show its origin. Um, So Joys, uh, some Joys can make Joy toys and it's built into the contract and um, the way it works is the, the contract actually, uh, whenever Bubblegum Board Bubblegum uh, sells, the contract actually looks up which Joy is the collaborator on that contract and then it pays the owner of that Joy 50% of the sale at the, at the point of sale. Um, so whenever uh, whenever Joy is uh, involved with collaborating with me or with other artists to make a Joy toy, um, we also speak with their collector and then decide on the edition size and the pricing of it. Um, because I think that collectors have a very unique and interesting perspective of the market and as I've talked to a lot of collectors, I see different ranges, like some come from like sneaker culture and, and are interested in like how to, to flip toys or different things like that. And there's also people who have come from it from a kind of an art collecting perspective. And they're like, how do we like stop people from flipping things and make it more like collector based? So I think it's fun to let the collector kind of come in to, and decide or at least have a say kind of on the addition size and the and the pricing. Um, so, uh, Whale Shark is the owner of Bubblegum Borg, uh, Bubblegum and the vault. And they were like, we want, um uh, Bubblegum Borg to be a low edition number because we want it to be kind of like an exclusive like communications device inside a joy world type of vibe. And so, um, and then like Franny made a Franny fanny and, um, Nifty Knot and I decided like, uh, Franny when Franny came out was actually bought in like real time and Nifty Knot and I decided, uh, edition size and, uh, pricing for like Franny's fanny. Um, so it's it's like very fun to add like this layer so since I started the whole thing that I loved about this and wanted to do was basically uh, build a way to have fun with artists and collectors directly and remove galleries and museums and third parties and I'm doing it it's amazing and some people get mad sometimes in discord and we chat it out or some most people are having fun have a great time so it's so cool to just be able to work directly with my art with the joy collectors because i've talked to other artists who are kind of from the old world of art and they've never even talked to some of their collectors i'm like what like why they're so cool <laughs> Dude, but yeah this is that's amazing the, yeah these and, and are layers we're building here so, so okay that the
0: joy was a one of one and that had the bubblegum in it so does every joy have like this embedded functionality to launch its own joy toy and only five of them have done it and so the glasses are must be for your joy toy where it's your avatar dude
1: well joy the glasses ended up or are just one are like 100 percent joy so some joy toys are 100 percent joy we actually have a collaborator line collaborator now line on the joy toy shop thanks to the uh kid named katie did some deving on it and got that going um and so we have uh we have like the collaborate later collaborator line now. Um, the first set is like all 100% joys, so just joy toys that I made. And the glasses are kind of like a universal theme of Joy World. Um, so the glasses were actually gifted. The glasses were really fun. So um, I wanted to, like I said, I liked the idea of the provenance and knowing who all the collectors were. So when I minted the glasses, um, I, I, I went through and added up every single, got every single address of anyone who ever owned a joy, even if it was for a few seconds on the hot potato contract. And so all those glasses were just gifted to them, like around the holidays um, to each person who ever owned a Joy. Um, So that's how those ones were distributed. So um, yeah, there's different levels of what I'm playing with. So that's why they also didn't end up being a collaboration because, yeah, nobody would have been able to cut into that because it's just a gift. But um, yeah, and there's just kind of different reasons for it. But yeah, Right now, two Joys have made Joy Toys and other Joys are, are working on Joy Toys and then Um, I would love for every joy to make a joy toy. and I think that some joys might be stuck in dead wallets potentially from what like a couple of collectors have like told me or investigated. And so I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to just like send F in there. So I'm kind of, when those joys want to make a joy toy, I'm a little bit hesitant still. So, um, yeah, and we're trying to figure out how to make it random because there's been a lot of excitement and interest from joy collectors, and they want to now be first and uh and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of discovering also like how to do things a little more fairly because I was kind of like, well, if you have the most joys, your joys are more likely to make a joy toy first kind of thing. But um yeah, maybe that's not the nicest way to do things. I don't know. I'm learning. <laughs> it's a community. Yeah, yeah. So world
0: (laughs) and you got to start somewhere right like it's it it takes this is like it takes you so long to make make each piece and you invest like so much time and care into each joy toy in every part of your universe that like your bandwidth is only so much you know yeah yeah and joy toys are made extra
1: complex for fun and so um joy toys are the first uh joy toys are the first nft to have um what's called what i'm calling a multi-dimensional file and the multidimensional file can have up to 20 files. So each Joy toy can have up to 20 files hosted in IPFS, and they, it can like reference each one. And so right now, the Joy toys have uh, still image animations. They have USDZ file for augmented reality, a GLB file for virtual reality, and a Vox file for crypto voxels. Um, ben is working on like adding the CryptoVoxel files into crypto voxels. So if you own a joy toy in your wallet and you're in CryptoVoxels, the idea is you should be able to like, I want the picture of this joy toy here, or I want the Vox file of this joy toy here. Or if I'm on my phone and I'm hanging out with my friends, I should just be able to go to the Joy World site and click on the the Joy I own or the Joy Toy I own and pop it right open in virtual in augmented reality and then be able to see, like, see, look, this is this is what I own, you know, because there's that whole thing I think of also showing people like, hey, I'm collecting these things and people are like, those are pictures. And you're like, no, it's a deeper, you know. I love the immediacy of the web being able to do that with augmented reality. So I'm trying to get those now more in the forefront of the interface because they're just basically in a folder inside of IPFS.
0: And so to, to kind of break what you just said down in English, you're basically building <laughs> the tech into the smart contract to make these usable in those virtual metaverses that we're talking about. Like these are the file types and formats. So as these VR worlds, one of which is what you just mentioned, I guess, CryptoVoxels, pe- yeah. it's kind of built for that, right? Like like the paintbrush, like I want like my avatar in some crazy game to like have the paintbrush, right? Absolutely. So like that kind of stuff.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, the idea is that whole interoperability thing that everyone keeps talking about. Um, Basically, now whenever like different companies that we know all the names, but uh, different places are building these metaverses, right? And they always ask me like, "Joy, make joy stuff here," and I'm like, "Yo." Here's the files, (laughs) like here's how it works. Call the files on the joy toys and get everybody's joy toy into your world. So a lot of people have agreed and have signed on to do it. So it's kind of me kind of pushing them along to keep doing it, but the, yeah, the ideas here also are around kind of art history. Um, Like when I make like a painting, there's just a physical item and it exists in reality, perfectly fine. But file types change over time. Like things become obsolete and unreadable um, and unusable. Uh, I had a lot of really great conversations with some of the OGs of virtual reality who were building VR stuff in the 70s and 80s. And they were like huge headsets that you had to have like a a back brace thing attached to you to hold the headset onto your head. And they were some of the first people to build art using like different like uh, university budgets and stuff. And they kept talking to me about how upsetting it was for them that uh, they had uh, built all this art and there's no way to ever view it again, unless you were to rebuild these machines entirely and write in the programming code that the machines worked on at the time, you couldn't recover these files, they're gone forever. And I think that's true of a lot of digital stuff. And so the idea is like building more robust kind of, Uh, NFTs that are like a folder of of files that can be updated over time. And then also with it keeping all the history for trying to preserve the history when the files are updated. So in case like I go crazy and corrupt and I change all the joy toys or ruin them all, um, all the joy collectors should be able to just roll back to previous version or like if this thing only worked on this world on that version, you should be able to access it. So I'm really trying to think of that, how to like make Make a really robust digital item that's just beyond real, you know, that's just like you have it everywhere. Like you said, you have your paintbrush and you're just like, I don't know, you're running through like Fortnite painting things. And then you're in like crypto voxels and it's all chunky, you know, and you're like dancing with your friends in there. So it's just like, uh, yeah, how can we actually build interoperability in these NFTs instead of just like claiming it <laughs> that we're going to do it? i just got to try it and see what happens. <laughs>
0: Dude, it's so impressive to hear like how amazing your art is. I feel like the technical robustness on the back end or your thoughtfulness there is on like, I didn't, I didn't realize or even appreciate or think about it at all. Like you just wouldn't think of that as, but it's, so it's so cool to hear how you think through you know, all these different layers to kind of go the extra mile for your collectors I and mean, like how can they get the most use out of it? Um, and I- I'm curious about the paintbrush because that's like my favorite joy toy that I have the most. Yeah. Of. And alpha ca- chromatic flat brush. Yeah. Cause I mean, I love color and I feel like in some ways it's really symbolic to like what NFTs are and what you are. Like you paint with the brush and like you're creating these worlds. So it almost feels like this creator tool and like the mm-hmm. splash of color, the splash of joy on anything and like. So I don't know, I kind of love it, but I'm just curious, almost selfishly, just like what is the story behind the paintbrush and like kind of why'd you create it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why to me, I kind of just made the the first three joy toys like as exactly like what I wanted, what I was kind of imagining. Um, so it, it kind of comes from a lot of different things. I mean, painting for me is where, painting for me is the moment at which like I was like, um, OK, so I basically after school, after I got out of high school, I was like, I didn't want to be an artist because my parents were artists. And I was like, this is madness. And I really wanted to work in Apple in Apple's uh, machine shop inside of their uh, at Apple headquarters in Cupertino or whatever. Um, so I went and studied tons of machine shop technology and I basically became like a top level toolmaker. Um, over like the course of like two years and toolmaker what I wanted to do was be the person who designed the jigs and things that hold like MacBooks when they're building prototypes and it's a very specialized weird niche niche thing in America there's only I think there's only like a hundred toolmakers tool and die makers Um, like in like in Asia there's like there's, there's thousands of the tool and die makers, very common, but it's very rare here to be a tool and die maker and to be good at it. And so I became very obsessed. I spent all these years, like I was just spending beyond what I was supposed to spend. I just like would find ways to get in the machine shop. And I was running like CNC machines and all these things. And um, one day I was at my parents' house. I just randomly picked up a board and like this flat brush that my dad had in his studio. And I painted this, like this fish I called the gloom fish. And, It like, I just like kind of quit everything I was doing and I was like, I'm going back to making art. Just forget it. I'll just figure out how to do art because this is like who I am. This is what I should be doing. Um, So for me, the the brush is very symbolic. It starts with like the glasses because I always think of like the eyes and our like window to the world and like seeing each other and and, like that's the thing that kind of makes everything appear and be real. Um, and then it goes to the pencil, because the pencil to me is the best creative tool. Like, if I could do everything with a pencil, that's what I would do. So that's why I use virtual reality is not because it's technical or interesting is because it's way easier than using C4D to like get what you want. Um, so for me, the pencil is the ultimate creative tool, because you can make something, and then you can destroy something with it. Um, so you can make an idea and destroy an idea. You can erase it. And so it's going in a circle because it's the ultimate creativity because it's constantly creating its perpetual creativity and its perpetual destruction. Um, so that's why it's kind of the second tool is like the ultimate tool in Joy World. And I made a huge addition uh, because I want as many people uh, to have a, a you know a joy toy if they want one or they want. And you know, I'm trying to think of and there'll be more ways to get more people joy toys and things. Um, even people who who don't have resources to get involved in joy world, well, i want to get them in um but yeah so then uh yeah then we move on to the brush and the alpha chromatic brushes uh of course i love colors yellow is the best red blue <laughs> and then all the rest <laughs> um so the brush has like all the primary secondaries um, it has gold, as silver, so it can it has different metallics, and then it also has an alpha channel, so it can just basically erase existence or just like remove remove a boundary or border. Um, so like the idea is, the brush um, will be like the ultimate. You just like think of what you want or what color, or what thing you want, and like you'll be able to like make it or create it enjoyable. Um, Yeah, because long-term Joy World, yeah, I imagine years and years from now when VR is really good and usable, Joy World being a world where you'll be able to like play with all these things in the best format possible. And then like you'll be able to take them to the other worlds and we'll do our best to make them work everywhere else. But like definitely over time I want. Yeah, I have so many ideas for what each toy does. Like uh, right now we are trading pictures on the blockchain, but um, we get deeper and deeper on the trip to Joy World every day
0: love it and can you just expand on that vision a little bit like what gets you pumped as a creator about you know what's around the corner for joy world and you know what's next
1: yeah I think that like if i think of the world in terms of like an actual virtual space um I think what pumps me up and gets me really interesting it, interested is that current like virtual spaces are built on the very depressing models of our reality now like of, of earth's reality where it's like uh, people buying everything up and then uh, forcing everybody to rent things to make things interesting or cool. Um, So Joy World won't have a model like that. It it will be purely based on like creativity and um, rewards based on like creativity and time and energy uh, put into actually improving the world or making things more fun and better. Um, So, there's, there's a lot I want to go into. I used to just write everything, every idea I had in discord. I used to just be like, what do you want to know? Yeah, these are all my ideas. And then like a week later, people like where the where are those ideas? Why haven't you built it yet? And I was like, Oh, no. (laughs) So yeah, I just try and be a little bit light on what I'm building. But yeah, it's just something I work a little bit on every day. And, you know, beam by beam, the bag gets full. It's so exciting to see also
0: the underlying model of, of like royalty percentages built into these items, like you having the power to go direct to consumer sort of without a middleman. Like, and that's what kind of excited me so much about like buying these Uh, joys and kind of supporting is like you're investing in you and your ability to kind of keep building this universe Mm -hmm. and like keep expanding it and it feels like just we're scratching the surface on to me such a brighter era where artists get paid a fair shake and where the entire dynamic switches from the artists having no leverage and no power to all the power and all the ownership of their art and that is so amazing and beautiful and I think will inspire more people to be artists well, it'll just like, it's kind of a, a blossoming of art in our society. And like you said, like our depressing real world, like I'm so on one about that. Like everything's gray. Like, why is there cement everywhere? Like, why yeah. do the buildings look the same? My like, why also. is there an color? You know, like we have these ugly boxes of cars that are polluting that like take, they like, they get the VIP service. Like they're not even alive. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just like, I, I'm just so on one about the kind of exciting potential that all this art has. So it's so refreshing to see like it funneling and then you just having more and more ideas and getting more resources to kind of execute on them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is a beautiful, like direct relationship. I'm also kind of like, I'm totally tripping and so excited about this weird kind of new world where like, yeah, like you said, artists, everyone's going direct to artists and working directly with them. Artists are getting funded and then are going to like build really weird things. It used to be like this world of like, of investors kind of funding startups and then startups were getting artists to like make little widgets and like things to like get people hooked into buying things. And now this is weird, just like skipping all of that and just being like, whoa, like investors and artists, like making things. And yeah, we're just, like you said, scratching the surface because I think life could be so much more interesting and fun and like beautiful. And like you said, it, it's almost like earth is like intentionally like brutalist or just trying to be like <laughs> awful. Like, um I don't know maybe it's just because we're like in the Milky Way galaxy just uh, way out on this arm like in the middle of the dust and maybe it's just some weird far out like boring planet and um and we're just getting going but I think that like you said this is going to be huge blossoming in, in like creativity we're already seeing it just like so many artists working really hard and then like even people who weren't even interested in art then like making nfts and stuff and then I think that's kind of cool in a way because it's unlocking their brains. Like, how can I be more creative, creative and like make things more visually compelling? And I think it's weird because I wonder if years and years of this, like even just a few years of this, if like talent agencies and like uh, companies will be starved from artists and like ads will just be very boring. It'll be like McDonald's hamburgers, like Helvetica and just be like black and white ads, like buy a McDonald's hamburger. (laughs) Like, it's just like, what? (laughs) Like, with no creativity or artists in there, I think it could get really messed up. But maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just like too far out dreaming. And, you know, we still need real people making ads and things. But I, I don't know. It might be weird. Yeah. It'd well, it's so exciting when you think about like
0: Neuralink, like Apple wants to do smart glasses, like Snapchat with the spectacles, like where does this all go? And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like the tech is almost getting there with the VR worlds and stuff, but then it's like, what pulls you into that world? It's like the passion, the excitement, the creativity. Like that's why what you're, what joy world to me, like that is the forefront of all of this because Neuralink is just the chip, you know, the real magic mm-hmm. is where do we go once we have our Neuralink. And that's yeah. like the kind of thing that you're building. And so it's just so like, uh, I don't know. It's it. Do you ever think about that? Like, am I building the matrix? Like, are is that what me and these artists are doing? Like, is that- weird? Joy world,
1: like, the happiest place in the matrix. <laughs> right? Like, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. I do also, I kind of subscribe to the potential that we might also be in already in the matrix kind of thing, that whole ideology. I, I do believe like, yeah, the numbers add up. It does make sense that maybe we're already in a simulation. Um, when I think of that, I think, yeah this is probably a face a faith-based simulation where um you get what you think about whether you like it or not you know you are what you eat you become the things you know that you that you the people that you spend time around so like this like maybe in this reality it is all based on like uh thinking and manifesting and pushing yourself in ways uh in this world like through thought or energy um and so i think maybe there's some versions of that to bring into joy world i do think we, like I like to go outside a lot. People are like, what do you like to do? I'm like, I like to go to the park. Like I like to go to the hardware store and look at like materials. Cause I'm like, there's so much potential here. <laughs> so it's like, I, I think that we're already, if this is a simulation, it's really freaking rad. And like, we should spend a little more time out in it um, and out in the forest and stuff because it's so detailed and incredible. Um, I, I, I wish Joy World could even be like a 10th of the level of detail or incredibleness of like current reality. Um, at least it's like more bright and fun and playful, but uh, the detail level here is incredible <laughs> in the simulation.
0: Yeah. what you said about like sort of manifesting is so inspiring just to see your journey and like this world you created, like even down to your aesthetic, like you have the like you're wearing the glasses that are the and they're behind, like, it's just so, it's so kind of inspiring to see you build that world. So I'm really pumped. I feel like so honored to have you on the podcast. Honestly, this was like such a blast for me. Like I cannot wait to just see you evolve and kind of uh, just follow joy world in the future yeah absolutely <laughs> um if you have anything else like maybe a, like your website joy.world i'll put a link so people can just check all this stuff out yeah, on your absolutely. youtube channel um or is there anything else you want to tell us that we should be on the lookout
1: for um, yeah, I'll definitely check out joy.world, join the discord and have like opinions and stuff about my art and what I'm doing and I will have fun in there and um, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much Gally for having me on the show. I'm like so excited to be here and um, yeah, it's such an honor and yeah, I just want to say thank you to you becoming a joy collector and collecting joy toys. It's such an honor to have you as a joy collector. Um, I want to thank everyone else for being Joy Collectors and for, you know, being a part of Joy World and believing in my art because like, yeah, there's there's going to be more and more artists and everything in the space, but it's just so fun. Um, that we have this like core group of friends that are joy collectors and joylings and that we get to hang out together um, and kind of, yeah, avoid like the the noise and and just, you know, play with (laughs) joys. So yeah, I just want to say thanks, everybody. And I love you all. And I appreciate you all so much.
0: Awesome. Sending love, signing off. Peace out.